Oh, it's DJ Augustine's world. We're all just living in it. Welcome in. It is the Heart and Hustle podcast episode playoff edition number one. I forget what episode we're on here. 17? I think it's 19? 17. Whatever 16, it is. 16, 17. Nick Grunowitz here. Scott Inez is with me. You can catch Scotty every single weekday, 4 to 6, here on ESPN 580 Orlando, 580 AM, 96.5 FM, HD2. Uh, Nick Grunowitz here. You can also follow Scotty at Inez Says. You can catch me on Twitter at ESPN 580 Nick. Uh, we got a lot to unpack and not a ton of time to get to it. Uh, apologies that we're not getting something up until here on Monday. Uh, we had some technical issues uh, after trying to get something up on Sunday and hopefully we have rectified that now. But uh, all it has done is given us another couple of days, couple of hours to think about, reflect, uh, and uh, look back on the Orlando Magic's stunning 104-101 win over the Toronto Raptors uh, in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference playoffs first round. DJ Augustine, uh, as I said, I mean, it's it's DJ's world. We're all just living in it right now. Uh, and DJ Augustine with a stone-cold Assassin's three-pointer. Yeah. With what three was it three seconds three to go seconds. or something? Yeah. yeah. Scotty, I'm I'm at a loss. Yeah. I, I'm at a loss because this team uh is the ultimate just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in team. Yeah. And uh they now lead this series one to nothing in a game that if you were going to win this series, you had to have one of these two. And after you led by eighteen in the first half, you realized this is the one we have to have. Yeah, I think we both saw that tweet earlier this afternoon from John Denton of yes. OrlandoMagic.com. When the road team wins a game one in a seven-game series in the NBA, they win that series 52% of the time. However, when said road team wins both games one and two, that takes it up to 85 I say Orlando Magic, let's go in Tuesday night and let's get greedy. Let's take game two. Uh, let, let's start off with DJ Augustine. Yeah, let's uh, one of the most maligned players, I would say, in the NBA, and I asked you this before we jumped on to tape this, is DJ Augustine the most underrated player in the NBA? Wow. And it feels like a hot take. <laughs> it feels like a hot yeah. take, though I don't know if it's a hot take or not. Yeah, well, look, I mean, and we talked about this on the podcast last week, the fact that Brian Hill, Oh, that's uh, right. Who, who is my partner on Fox Sports Florida, former Orlando Magic coach. Brian told me in the green room as we were watching the Charlotte Hornets Orlando Magic game to close out the regular season on Wednesday night. He said, you know, I can make a case for DJ Augustine being the MVP of the Orlando Magic this year. And I thought, come on, coach, really? Seriously? But, but he's absolutely right. You really could make a case for DJ Augustine being the MVP because the guy – Never makes a mistake, Nick. And and Brian said it. He said he shoots when he needs to shoot. He passes when he needs to pass. He hits his free throws, and he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't create, or he creates turnovers, but he, he doesn't make any turnovers. So, hey, look, you could make a case. Now, I'm still going with Nick Vucevic, mm-hmm. but that shot he hit. Uh, that three-pointer he hit with three seconds left. Gasol gave him some room, the necessary room that DJ well, needed. And he, oh, you talk about onions, Nick. Onions. You talk about onions. Um, what he did was he called for a screen to try to shake Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And there was some defensive miscommunication on who would step up on DJ. Two guys that have played limited minutes together. Marcus Gasol was a, a trade deadline acquisition. Yeah. 
Uh, Kawhi Leonard's only played 60 games this season. I, yep. I would, I would, I wonder how many minutes they've been on the floor together. They both went with the screener who I, I, I think was Aaron Gordon. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, and DJ got, he got an open look and he buried it. I was standing in the bar with our buddy Chris Crawford. Um, Where were you? I was in a bar. Oh, really? I feel like every time I tell a story, it starts with I was in a bar. I swear <laughs> I'm okay. I'm fine. There's no problems. But I was yelling, timeout, timeout, timeout. Yeah. I wanted Steve Clifford to call a timeout, yeah. but he decided, you know what? I'm going to put the ball in the hands of my veteran crafty point guard who no one has counted among yeah. some of the elite in the NBA. And I'm not saying he's Steph Curry. He's not Damian Lillard. He's not Russell Westbrook. But flashy always gets the attention. Yeah, absolutely. And DJ well, and, Steady and look, never we'll, does. We'll go back to DJ in a minute. Yeah. But I, I, you touched upon something that Steve Clifford did or did not do late in that game. I think that was one of the most important decisions of that basketball game in game one. No Steve Clifford out. not calling a timeout near the end of the game. I love that because he's saying to his players, I trust you guys. I'm such a coward. You, you got I would have called the timeout no, immediately. No, look, I, I, I love when coaches do that. I, I think there are so many coaches out there who can overcoach. Steve Clifford is telling his guys, you guys know what to do. Go out and do it. And that sends a message of confidence to his basketball players. This guy has had the Midas touch all year, man. He has had the Midas touch all year long. And I love that Steve Clifford late in that game did not overcoach. Now, back to DJ Augustine. Yeah, let's get back to how him. Ma- how many times did we say, well, you know, at the beginning of the year, oh, yeah. this is this is the worst point guard situation in the entire NBA. Yeah, you open the year with DJ Augustine, Jaron Grant, and Isaiah Briscoe at the yeah. point guard spot, and we were wondering whether or not any of the three of them would be on a contending NBA roster. Yeah. That, I'm just... I'm just being honest. No, I, absolutely. I think DJ Augustine we is one of the best backups in the league, but I don't know necessarily if he's on every roster in the NBA. What have I said over the last couple of years? I love DJ Augustine. Yeah, I know. He's but the I, guy but, you but, want your foxhole. But, right, but I love him as a backup. Yes. Right? That would be the qualifier. I love DJ Augustine, but I love him as a backup. I've always loved DJ Augustine because he plays with a nasty chip on his shoulder. He and does. You have to love that. There is a competitive fire with this guy. Has DJ Augustine ever smiled? And I don't mind, by the way. Have you oh, ever he was seen smiling DJ after that three? Okay, what well, did he did he smile a little bit after that three? I don't know. Aaron, Aaron uh, Evan Fournier was shouting at him. Yeah, I, yeah. that looked scary. Yeah. Yeah, look, he's heard it all of his life. He's not tall enough. He's too slight. He's not this. He's not that. And yet. He's been in the league how many years now? He's going into his, what, 12th year yeah. in the NBA? Actually, DJ DJ said that after the game. Honestly, I I, I don't listen to that kind of stuff. I never did. Um, I've, I've been the same size since I was little. Nobody expected me to be in the NBA. I'm going into my 12th year. Um, so I never listened to what the outside people said. I only care about my family, uh, the people close to me and my teammates. And they believe in me. My coaches believed in me from the, from the jump. And uh, that's all I needed, man. I don't care what nobody says about me. I never did. People have doubted him his entire career, and here he is, 11-plus years in the NBA. This guy has the heart of a lion, and let me tell you something. Kyle Lowry, who was 0 for the game in Game 1, and I know we're going to get to that coming up as we head toward Game 2. Kyle Lowry has his hands chock full with DJ August. They had to move him off him. They put Danny Green on DJ August, and that's what led to the run in the third quarter, the Magic 
The defense that Toronto threw out there in the third quarter is concerning. We'll talk about that. But eventually, Nick Nurse, he waved the white flag. He said, we got to hide Kyle Lowry because DJ Augustine is eating his lunch. Yes, and and he did pretty much the entire game. You're absolutely right. They moved Danny Green against him. And let's not forget, I mean, we talk about the three that he hit. Let's not forget about the previous possession where he hits the uh, The layup. The layup. The the reverse layup. shake and bake, skip to my loo to the window. And and look, those twenty five no points. Near him. No nobody near. Those twenty five points were huge. And we talked with Steve Clifford here on the podcast last week. Yeah. And I hope you heard that interview. And I asked him, what's what's the main difference? Because because we have we have a tale of two cities, if you will, a tale of two halves of the season. We got prior to January thirty one and post January thirty one. And I asked him, what's the what what has happened to this team since January thirty first? And you remember the, the the word that he used. He used balance. Ba- oh, we we found right. we We're found balanced. our balance now. And with this team, it's a different dude every night. It's a different dude every single night. And I'm I'm reading all these comments from the Toronto locker room and from Toronto media. This is a town, and this is a team that to me is totally disrespecting and being totally dismissive totally dismissive of what the Orlando Magic have done over the final 31 now 32 games of the season. Yeah, here. this team is what 23 and 9 in their fi- in their last 32 games. They won I mean, 5 straight and 12 of 14 and we're going to be dismissive of them. At some point you can't write it off. I know it's oh well they beat some bad teams, they beat teams that weren't trying. I'm pretty sure the Toronto was trying on Saturday night. And you're right. I I mean, we, we talked about this on ESPN 580. I mean, Nick Nurse, Kawhi Leonard, and Kyle Lowry after the game all said, we played well. Yeah. We'll be okay. We have to make some small adjustments. Yeah. They are right now looking at the magic like a gnat on their yes. shoulder thinking, this is kind of annoying, but we'll just shoo it away. Yeah. And Tuesday night's game two is going to be very, very interesting. Let me tell you something. If I am the Toronto Raptors, I, I don't know. Is it reverse psychology being used by the Raptors now? What, what else are they going to say, obviously? But but deep in, in the recesses of their minds, they got to be going, uh-oh, here we go again. And I realize there are a lot of newcomers to that mm-hmm. team. Four out of the five starters, new dudes this year. Basically, I get yeah. it. But, but Kyle Lowry, Nick Nurse. He was on that Toronto bench. He knows all about their struggles in the postseason. They've got to be saying to one another, uh-oh, here we go again. And keep in mind, Nick, keep in mind, Nick Vucevic, Terrence Ross, Aaron Gordon had bad offensive games, had bad offensive games. This is this is a Magic team that shot 40% from the field. Aaron Gordon was incredible defensively. He was. Game. No, no, ab- absolutely. No, no, no I'm, not, I'm not sticking up for him. I'm just saying. Aaron Gordon is the ultimate no, 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 yes guy on offense. <laughs> right. The three he made in the right. corner that in that big fourth quarter yes. um, was unbelievable. He he was so good defensively. Yes. He made Kawhi Leonard work. Jonathan Isaac, I know that Siakam scored 20-some points. A lot of that, I felt like a lot of that was just just garbage around the basket. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys were so good defensively. But, but, but the point is, yeah. you shot 40% from the field on the road in a hostile environment in game one. In 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 you know in, in a game one of most of these players' career in, in terms of playoff games, it was their very first playoff game. So you 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 so asked this question is, last week. I'll be interested to see how these guys come out in their first playoff yeah. game, and they looked like they, they answered, were ready to go. They answered the bell. Yeah. But again, going back to the whole Toronto thing, I'm petrified. If I'm the Toronto Raptors right now, 
I get this Magic team on my home turf in game one. They shoot 40% from the field. I shoot 45, and I can't close them out in Mm -hmm. game one. I can pretty much guarantee you that the Orlando Magic are going to play much better offensively in game two. If I'm the Raptors, I'm very, very concerned, and I am not dismissive of this team. I'm respecting this team. Right. I guess if you want to play spin doctor, and we'll do this here for a minute, okay, you can look at Toronto, and Toronto can say, okay, well, we didn't get anything from Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry gave us zero points, though he had eight assists and two steals, and I know that every Toronto Raptors fan is looking at that plus 11 and the plus minus column saying, he did something. All right, that that's perfectly fine. If you want to spin it that way, as you're going to be okay, okay. I'll come back and say and it Siakam a, gave you an unbelievable see, game. What twenty five points? And right? that's where I'm going. Is but you got twenty four from Siakam, twenty five from Kawhi Leonard, fourteen from Fred Van Vliet off the bench. Yeah, and, th- and I mean like thirteen from Danny Green. You had four guys in double figures, and your point guard sure didn't give you anything, and you still lost. If you're Nick Nurse, the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, now. All right, Bench knowing Kyle Lowry. no, I, that's exactly oh, where I'm going. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay. That's all right, but because we've I was seen kinda, it, I was trying to just make a ridiculous statement. You actually, no, they no, should no. Bench we, Kyle we've, Lowry? we've seen it in the past. Look what happened in Cleveland last year in Game Three, I believe it was. What did they do? They benched Demar Derozan. They oh, had yeah. had enough. They had had enough of losing to the Cavaliers, of losing to LeBron James, of the Raptors playing so well in the regular season. Didn't they win sixty last year, Nick? I think they won 60 last Very year. Very close Played to it if so they didn't. so well yeah. in the regular season last year and get into the playoffs, and what happens to these guys? They absolutely flop. They this, run into LeBron. They, they, but, but this has happened with Kyle Lowry in the past, too. Now, the last 59 two, wins last 59 year. 59 wins last year. Kyle Lowry played pretty well in the postseason last year, but this has happened to Kyle Lowry before. I guarantee you it's in his head, and I also guarantee you that the very first play, they're going to run. Offensive play that they're Kyle going Lowry. to run in game two will be for Kyle Lowry to try to get him off. But he he looked absolutely lost. And that's another thing that's being dismissed by the Toronto media. Oh, we've seen Kyle Lowry all regular season. He's going to be fine. He had some open looks that he missed, but they rattled out. I would be immensely concerned. I will say that uh, Toronto missed a ton of wide open they threes. Did. When you talk about our buddy Dennis Newman says they dodged a bullet, the Magic mm-hmm. dodged more bullets than Neo in the Matrix yeah. in that game one. There were a ton of open looks. Kyle Lowry goes 0 of 7 from the floor. He was 0 of 6 from 3, and I will say at least four of those were wide open, but you got to knock them down. Yeah. They, they didn't knock them down, and the Magic, they just I, I I know you use this phrase a lot, mm. but I, they just keep coming. Yeah. And there were a few moments I watched the game with our buddy Kevin Rafuse uh, from News 96.5 and, and, and Chris Crawford and uh, all of our girlfriends got together and were annoyed at how loud we were yelling <laughs> at the television. We chased people out of bars. They're not going to let us in places Wait because we're so loud. Rafuse, Rafuse is not a magic guy. He's a sixer guy. He was no, cheering but, for our magic? Yeah, he was cheering. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, right. yeah. We okay. were all – he's he's in. Oh, he's, he's in. in. Yeah, okay, he's good. about that life. Yeah, we, he's we've in. We've Orlandoized him. I think he's he's happy that the Sixers didn't get the magic, but also kind of upset about Brooklyn. Right. Getting no, Brooklyn. he's got to be upset. Here's, here's another thing I want to touch yeah, upon. Yeah, go ahead. And you just hit on it. Where the heck did this mental toughness come from? I don't know. Because for the last six years prior to this season, you can now describe this Orlando Magic team with every adjective that we beg to describe those teams about. They play hard. Yep. They play They they play with want. They have poise, drive, poise. Attitude. Whatever it is. And it sounds cliche to just do it's the not. whole fill-in-the-blank thing. No, it's not. It's but, not. I, I don't know where it comes from. I, because it, it happened. Again, we go back to January 31st. 
Right? And and we had seen it kind of building to that point. But on January 31st, for whatever reason, we drew a line in the same. I'm amazed at the transformation mentally. And and I know we'll get to the physical part again. We'll look ahead to Well, we got to talk about the Michael Carter-Williams thing. And and we will, but... My man bleeding out his nose. The transformation. I mean, this team, you know, Nick. I'm I'm a magic guy through and through. This team almost literally killed me. They, I mean, they did. Yes. They, they almost yes. put me six feet under. You were ready to give up your NBA fan card. You I were mean, done. I, they were almost the death of me because I felt like we fans cared more than they did. And all of a sudden, these are the same dudes. These are the same guys. And all of a sudden, we get we get one new guy, and that's the head coach, Steve Clifford. And this team now has won five straight, 12 of 14, 23 of 32. It's mind-boggling how the will has developed with this team because usually that will comes later on in a development of a basketball team. I've never seen it happen so quickly. I really, and in and, and my 30 years of covering this magic basketball team, I, I, and, and, and this could be one of the reasons because this team has been playing playoff basketball since January 31st, right? So, yeah. I was talking to a friend of ours today about this and they said, why, why do you, why is this happening? Why do you think this happened in game one? And I said, I think that you ran into a Toronto team that's been in second gear all year long. Load Kawhi, management. Yes, Kawhi plays 60 games. Load Lowry plays 65 games and they come around the corner for they're focused on the second and third round and, and the finals and everything like that. And the magic kind of just guerrilla warfare jump on top of them because we've been running a marathon already. Right. You know, they, did you see this cut from the Boston marathon today? The finish? No, you should look this thing up because the Boston marathon ended in this dead sprint today. Did between it really? These two. Yeah. And this guy came up from behind basically and sprinted down the leader and won. Wow. And, that is the visual I get with this Magic team that yeah. the Raptors have been kind of on the marathon the mm. entire season. 82 regular season games. We're going to pace ourselves. We're going to take our time. We're just going to be comfortable. And the Magic for the last 31 games have been on a dead heat sprint yeah. to try to make it in. Yeah. And they get in by a game, the final game of the year. They've already clinched their spot. They don't know where they end up. And now they have something that's very dangerous. One, they have nothing to lose. Yeah. DJ Augustine talked about that. They know they're the underdog, mm-hmm. and really they have momentum. Yeah. This team has momentum, and this is the first time in seven years that this team, that the Orlando Magic are playing with confidence, mm-hmm. that they walk into the building and they don't think, if we can keep it inside at 20, it'll be a good night at the yeah. office. And, and that's why I used the term dismissive earlier when talking about the Raptors that's and dangerous. their fans. Like, yes. hey, hey, we the North. Yes. I, have you seen Who what the hell happened? are you, by the way? Who the hell are you to say that? We the North. Have you seen what's happened here in Orlando over the last two and a half months since January 31st? This is going to be great to play back if we lose the series 4-1. Well, I mean, who knows? We may. I don't think that's going to happen. We may. But, but being totally dismissive of this Magic basketball team just because they're, whatever, a seventh seed and they're only 42 and 40. Well, guess what? You've won 23 of your final 32 basketball games, five straight, 12 of 14. Nick Vucevic made the all-star team, and to be totally dismissive of, of this basketball team makes no sense, no sense whatsoever. I am petrified right now if I'm the Toronto Raptors. And you mentioned... Uh, the, the shot to the nose of Michael Carter-Williams. Let's get into that here real quick because I know we have to go here in a few minutes. Um, the shot to the, the the face by Kyle Lowry to me was totally on purpose. You think it was on purpose? Totally on purpose. Totally on purpose. Lowry is that guy. Now, I like Kyle Lowry. I like him because he has that, that same sort of 
of of will and nastiness that DJ Augustine plays with. Well, you like he's a little dirty, but you don't like it when it's against but your di- team. But here's the difference. DJ is not dirty, and at times Kyle Lowry can be. Am I calling him a dirty player? No, but that was a dirty play the other day when he tried to get around the screen, if you will, puts his right arm up, yeah. and belts Michael I mean, Carter-Williams right in the nose. To me, that was totally on purpose. I think you have a really good case to make because him sticking the arm out there, I don't really know I don't really know what you're going to do there. You're beat on the screen, he flops, and then Michael Carter-Williams, I, I understand. By the way, I, I hope that Steve Clifford mentioned to MC, but you love the fire. You really do. In a game like that, and what's the score at the time? It's like, oh, it's 88-84. This game, the Magic lose this game if there's a technical foul called there. If the officials, and I I credit the officials for the restraint we have watched all year long when officials have given ticky-tack texts to guys, they know it's the first game of a playoff series, and Michael Carter-Williams is bleeding out his nose. But you got to have a little more restraint. Uh, You do. I I have to disagree with you. And I know what you're saying, but they call a tech there could but, be a four point possession. That's ninety two eighty four. But the, the, the referees are not going to call a technical foul in the playoffs like that. I, I know what you're saying. I'm Nick. glad I you know it. it and he knew it. But I, I, would, I don't I, know it. I, I I understand. But you go ahead and get walloped in the nose. Nose and, and uh, quite frankly, I thought it was a it was a broken nose at that particular point. Yeah, I, guess I thought it was totally broken. Steve Clifford said he's okay. Okay, he's going right. to be fine. Um, but but you, Michael you, Carter you, Williams you, may argue, but you, he's going to be you, fine. You get hit in the nose like that. By the way, I believe it was on purpose, mm-hmm. and then have blood trailing down your face. That was and go the best ahead and evidence. Tell me to restrain yourself. That was the best evidence. It was where he goes over there and he is literally pulling the blood I mean, out on. of his nose. I mean, it's not it's even a, a foul. Moment. How do you miss that? The most valuable person in that game did not play a minute, and that was Pat Delaney, who was the assistant coach. Josh Robbins noted this too. Pat Delaney hustled out there yeah. to get between. Yeah. Michael Carter Williams right. in the referee to right. restrain him, and that may be what saved the magic Could from be. a technical foul. And that is that was just huge. It Could was be. huge. Could be. But look, I thought that play was absolutely dirty. I think Lowry to that point, who was over the game, was extremely frustrated, took his frustrations out on Michael Carter Williams, made it look like an accident. I didn't think it was an accident. I thought it was a dirty play. And listen, again, we, we go back to the whole bench Lowry thing. I, at 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 some if this continues and it's only game one I get it I get it but the, the dude goes 0 for seven from the field 0 for six from three 0 for two from the free throw line has a big old Easter egg goose egg in terms of the uh, the the uh, the final tally in game one mm-hmm. this is a guy who has had playoff issues in the past this is a guy who is really the only the only holdover starter from the last regime a regime led by Dwayne Casey. That was fired after last season. Why? For choking in the playoffs. And here he goes again. Um, I I, got to tell you, if I'm Nick Nurse, I I try to get him off early in that game. But if Fred Van Fleet continues to hit those threes and plays well at some point in time, at some point in time after game two, if they lose game two in Toronto to the Magic, you have to, you have to substitute Fred Van Fleet in for Kyle Lowry. So that's going to be really interesting. It to is. See if that, uh, that is going to be very, very interesting to see what game two looks like. And uh, we will jump on and we will preview that game two maybe a little bit tomorrow. At least we'll have a recap on that. But uh, who would have thought uh, the Magic have a one nothing lead in this Let's series? Go, baby! And now, according to NBA history, have a 52% chance 
to win the series. And basically, you go up 2-0. Now, by the way, just win your home games now. You, you, you have home you, court you advantage. Stole home court advantage. That's all you have to do the rest of the way. But I, look, I think this is going to be a long, drawn-out series. I picked the Raptors in seven to begin with. I would love to see my magic uh, pull it out in the end. But I think this is going to be a long, very physical, and tough series. You and I are going to be at the Amway Center on Friday night. Yeah. Amway, the AC going to be lit oh, on Saturday. Absolutely. We can't wait for it. You're going to hear a lot from us this week. Make sure you download, you subscribe. You can follow Scott Inez, at Inez says on Twitter. Listen to him on ESPN 580 Orlando, 580 AM, 96.5 FM, HD2, 4 to 6 p.m. on the weekdays. We will be back later this week. But for now, this is the Hard and Hustle Podcast. Go Magic, game two, Tuesday night. Gonna get you.